Morning. I am your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the August 7, 2018 edition of Ask a Leader. It's about 91 days, and I, yes, I'm counting, before the midterm general elections. Primaries are being held today in Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, and Washington. And in addition is the special election in Ohio's 12th congressional district. That's the northeast suburbs and beyond of Columbus, Ohio, to fill the seat recently vacated by Patrick Tabiri. Hawaii's primary will be held this Saturday. Marching orders hold, listeners. Remind your folks in those states to turn out. Today, my guest will be labor organizer Ada Breseño. She's co-president of Unite Here Local 11, a hotel and resort workers union, along with my two workers, two wonderful voices, June Mecker and Veronica Chavez. Be right back. Welcome back to the show. My guests for today are Ada Breseño, co-president of Unite Here, Local 11, a hotel and resort workers union. And it's my pleasure to welcome as well June Mecker. We've patched her through and we're still trying to, oh, what a beautiful morning, make it go our way. Have Veronica Chavez also on. These are They are two workers who've been expanding their voices in their labor organizing efforts. With these three women, we've much to cover over this hour, along with the changes in mapping out how Anaheim City Council members are elected. We'll get some glimpses behind the curtain at Disney and all over Anaheim's hospitality setting. Now some words about my guests. Ada Breseño, at the age of six, left Nicaragua with her family fleeing civil war in the 1980s. Her family settled in Orange County. She worked in a hotel after high school at 18, where her concerns for justice registered on the leadership's radar. After holding many positions, Ada, at the age of 26, was elected the first Latina president of the Unite Here Local 681. Today, she serves as co-president of the union, oh, um, of the union here, Local 681, the, the, uh, in, she also serves, uh, she's also elected the vice president of the general executive board for the Unite Here International Union 20, in 2015. She was featured as one of the most influential people in OC by the Orange County Register in 2014. In January 2017, Ada was elected delegate to the 65th Assembly for the Democratic Party. In addition, she is an alternate in the Central Committee of the Democratic Party in Orange County. She serves as well on the 20. Uh, on the Orange County Community Organized for Responsible Development. They've been my guest before and will be again uh, in their, before their big citizenship mega, mega fair at the, um, later on in September. So Ada led a coalition of OCORD members, hotel and food service workers, and grassroots activists responsible for the city of Anaheim's shift to, to district council elections. And for these contributions around the community, she'll be honored by the Orange County women at their 38th annual Suffrage Day celebration, the end of this month. Others currently attending Cypress College, receiving a general education degree there. Ada is on the scene where grassroots activists congregate, assemble in Orange County, and booking her for today's appearance on Ask a Leader was no small feat. Now, Veronica Chavez, she's a, a Disney housekeeper, trainer, supervisor, and mother three. She's now an organizer with her union. She has shared her story with thousands and increasingly larger public on the speaking circuit, and she has online videos where she appears. June Mecker is a Disney dining phone operator and union shop steward. She's a key leader among her co-workers at the Disneyland Hotel. She's been featured in the Orange County Weekly, among other outlets. Ada, I believe, comes to us today from her office. I'm not sure that's already up there. Is that up in, in the L.A. County? 
It is, and we're also joined by Veronica here in the office as well. Oh, my gosh, we're together in this. Thank you so much for that conference. June comes to us from Anaheim. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Ada Briseño, June Mecker, and Veronica Chavez. Thank you so much. Thank we're you very so much. happy to be here. So for the first couple of rounds, we're going to ask everybody to ID themselves because three formidable women each get to have the label chasing their name, the, the voice. That So let's begin with, and I don't know how much that June and Veronica were involved with some of this this electoral, and so chime in any time, but Ala and I had a little chance to talk about this in preparation. Let's begin with Anaheim's city council districts after 100, count them, 59 years of at-large districts. Anaheim City Council recently, not that long ago, last uh, was a year and year and a half, they created six districts while the mayor, of course, remains at large. Talk about uh, the will you and the rest of you, if you chime in at all at any time, uh, how this has affected electoral participation. And we, then we talk about electoral outcomes as well. Ada? Well, we're very excited. Uh, this was obviously something that we spent, you know, six or seven years uh, creating and, and thinking through. And it came out of, of the idea that the council was not listening to the residents, uh, the, the people that worked there and the people that lived in that city. And so, you know, at a very uh, difficult price, I believe, because it was very complicated and, and very um, difficult, we uh, ventured to, to start making sure that working families and residents of Anaheim really had a voice uh, and had their voices heard in the council. And the way that we understood how to do that was creating district elections. And So ma- making yes. sure that the disenfranchised communities um, were able to have a seat at the table. So how then we've got one set of the uh, council members that have been elected from their districts, and then the rest of them, either they're terming out or they're, so it'll be creating a, an open district. So uh, how, what kind of outcomes have resulted from this districting? Well, I got to say, we feel very proud that in District 3, the most uh, Latino district, we were able to elect Jose Moreno, uh, Dr. Jose Moreno, to the council, obviously being a Latino voice. Uh, and, you know, standing up for working families and communities in, in Anaheim. Um, and that was uh, very, you know, uh, instrumental for us to move forward uh, the living wage ordinance, which I'm hoping to speak about later. Oh, we have. That's what we're doing. So let's then let's talk. That is one of the policy outcomes then, that the minimum wage is getting a broader, deeper hearing. The wage initiative then has qualified. Let's talk. Could you bring us, all three of you, in on a little bit of the background leading up to the fact how you were able to get that to qualify? There was a lot of leverage that that represented in getting that to qualify and what it, how the council reacted to that. Well, let me just say that I know that I was anxious to speak about this issue, but also say that, you know, for us, Anaheim being the first place that went to district, it was very crucial for the rest of Orange County. And as we have seen, many, many different city councils, not only city councils, but also school boards have also gone uh, to district since. So we believe that that was something that really opened the doors for the rest of the uh, of, of Orange County to move forward. Um, so I want to I don't want to lose sight of that very quickly because right. I believe that many other city council people of color have been able to get elected as a result and will be on the ballot in this upcoming election and hopefully resulting in many more. Uh, so really a shift, uh, a change in where we're going in Orange County uh, in general. Uh, but having said that, um, again, the, in, in the city of Anaheim, this ballot initiative, uh, the, the workers and the residents collected over 22,000 signatures in a very short period of time, less than three weeks. Wow. And it was a monumental task. But only with the community support were we able to move through that. And the reason why is because there's been a narrative uh, that the city of Anaheim has given away large, large amounts of subsidies to developers and, uh, and uh, employers in the city of Anaheim while leaving workers out of this. So 
in a way to, to, to mitigate a very tiny amount, uh, this living wage initiative is on the ballot, just in a small way to mitigate all the, all the millions of dollars that have gone um, to, uh, you know, uh, to, the, to the pockets of these developers and, you know, corporations like Disney. Um, so, you know, maybe Veronica or June can talk a little bit about how the residents have uh, yes. in, embraced this uh, concept for, you know, for hotel workers to be able to make a living wage. Which one first, June or Veronica? Go ahead, June. 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 Okay. <laughs> June's going first. Okay. Um, I live here in the city of Anaheim. I also work in the city of Anaheim. For me, um, the living wage is crucial. I see certain council people on the city of Anaheim council. I'm, I'm not saying names. I'm going to be a good girl. Um, who want to who really try to undermine and override what we were trying to do. It was um, a last-ditch effort, uh, people bringing up things at 1 o'clock in the morning on a, a, in the Anaheim City Council to try to um, basically railroad what all we had done for hard work. Um, it's sad because they've given lots of um, incentives to the larger corporations um, like Disney. I know that um, I see housekeepers who work, oh, my God, so extremely hard. Veronica's one of them. Um, I work in a phone center. I also work at the e-ticket lounge where we um, assist VIP gas and, and it's luxury and at its finest. And yet I see people who can't afford a meal because they have to decide whether they want to put gas in their car to come to work, put a roof over the head, over the children's heads, you know what I mean, or feed the children or feed themselves. It like you go and you. It makes you want to cry. I mean, for me, it makes me want to cry. Um, I live um, with um, a lady and her son who's autistic. So I see the thing with special needs people and all of that. And I and I just see how the how the area treats the things different. People, unfortunately. I don't know, have this thing where they look down upon housekeepers as if they're, I don't know, below the standard of, of what they should be for a living. And, and we're human. We're all human. We all deserve to have a roof over our head, be able to afford to eat. It's, it's just common. I don't know. Veronica, you want to add on to that? Yes, Veronica? Yeah. Yeah, sure. As a, as a housekeeper of the, one of the best hotels in the area, See the wages and see how hard we're working. I want to be part of doing something different for us. And I'm um, talking with my other co-workers, and I see I need to be part of this initiative. So I go to the streets, and I collect all these signatures, and I was door by door knocking the doors and talking just my, my personal history, how I live, this, because I'm resident of Anaheim also. Okay. And I'm single mother of three. The hard um, is for me to to get uh, all, all my necessities and just basic, like a pay rent, food, you know, and yes. uh, always working hard over time, a lot of hours, and I was not enough. So I'll be part of this movement. I'm organizer right now. And uh, I'm very, I'm very involved with this um, initiative, initiative for for November. So we are ready for for win this initiative. For Briefly, we have a lot, a lot of coworkers and give the extra dollars in the pocket for uh, for a lot of families too. Just so, so we can have a, a chance to understand the, some of the. The, the, we'd like to know a little bit, if you could just mention it briefly, Veronica, the reception you got as you were garnering those signatures for the minimum wage initiative for the city of Anaheim. What, what, what kind of responses did you get? People were ready? They knew about it? Or they were, they, what kind of, just generally, how receptive were they? I think the first uh, thing they always tell me, I think, I think uh, you're working in Disney, they pay well. That was the first impression for everybody, uh, and I said, oh, unfortunately, the the reality is not like that. So when I mentioned how how hard I work in and how much 
over time, yes. in the conditions and everything else, they were uh, they they was in shock and surprise. So right away they gave me the signature just with my personal history. A little bit of information was an essential uh, way of getting uh, garnering the support. Then and, and is that do you think that might explain all three of you and uh, I mean other? Do you think that might explain why then those signatures were so quickly collected because there were poster women on, on uh, right there in the trenches. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the key reasons. And the other, and the other reason, um, you know, I think that's the bulk of the reason. But there's also, you know, Mayor Tate has been talking about these uh, large subsidies with nothing giving back uh, to the community. Um, you know, Jose Moreno, Dr. Jose Moreno, has been very passionately speaking about how the community needs to be taken care of. And so that also went towards that narrative. And frankly, we've been organizing for, you know, for a long period of time in the city of Anaheim. Yes. So people understood that this was crucial and they liked our idea of moving it forward. We're in a coalition of about 11 unions that are moving this um, living wage ordinance. And it would be the only living wage in Orange County. And this is a model for other municipalities, and I, I don't know if it's and and the state level too. I mean, that's it's there's some that have been uh, debated on the the state houses. Uh, but uh, so, d are you getting a little uh, sort of? Is there some kind of I won't call it technical support, but we, t a, a, a policy transfer of sorts in other municipalities in this county. Look, right now our focus is to win in Anaheim. Okay. That's the important thing for us right now. We are going to have a monumental task of getting, you know, thousands of people out uh, to the polls uh, to vote for this initiative and make it the law of the land in Anaheim. And that's the important and crucial thing uh, that is going to affect 20,000, 25,000 uh, workers uh, and their families throughout Orange County. Well, that's quite, that's a considerable number of employees to, uh, that are that could get relief from this kind of change in the wage scales. Well, for those of you who've just just tuned in, you're listening to Ask a Leader on Radio KUCI. My guests are Ada Breseño, co-president of Unite Here Local 11, a hotel resort workers union, and two workers, June Mecker, a phone operator and works with the VIP guests, and Veronica Chavez, a Disney hotel housekeeper. And we've, we're talking about the minimum wage initiative that will be, it's qualified for the November ballot. Uh, there was a, a last-minute effort uh, at the very last week of July where the um, the city council wanted to, uh, it raised, uh, it was a partial measure. Uh, I don't, any three of you, any of the three of you could talk about what what was that dynamic about, that uh, raising the minimum wage to 15, but it was uh, for a, a, a limited sort of uh, array of workers. Are you speaking about the counter initiative that was uh, rumored to be out there? Well, I was thinking of the what the just the Disney offer of the 15 minute $15 oh. minimum wage hike. I see. So, um, yes, there were four uh, different unions that, uh, is that what you're talking about, the settlement well, yeah, of I'm, the master services? I'm learning along here with my listeners, so I'll let you, you can distinguish between some of the different ways in which, to what extent it addressed the relief that these twenty to 25,000 workers are trying to get from a wage change. Well, look, I think what's really interesting is I would love your listeners to understand yes. that, that in January 2019, uh, the wage would go up to $15, where right now they're somewhere around $11, 11-something $11 an hour, right, to start with. And, um, and then every year it would move up a dollar an hour until 2022, where it would be uh, $18 an hour. And then there would be a COLA, or a 2% increase. And that's what increase. the initiative would bring to the workers in, uh, in the city of Anaheim, uh, which would be a substantial amount of money to help our families make sure that they keep out of homelessness. There was a study that was uh, uh, done of the, uh, of the Disney workers, which showed that one out of ten workers in the past two years that were currently employed at Disney uh, had been homeless. Wow. And that 68% of the workers are food insecure. And those, we believe, 
um, will be addressed. These issues will be addressed once we win the living wage ordinance. Well, the irony is not going to be lost on anybody how the hospitality sector has a food insecure employee cadre that is serving them. It's, um, so just we're going to let that sink in. And, and, and the, the statistic was, though, for someone to be able to afford to live really inside, inside the city of Anaheim to afford what were, how many, like a one or two, two room apartment, they really do need to have more like a $20 an hour salary. That's correct. So that's where the, the barriers are just there's there's some relief but not nothing that gets to where what uh what June was talking about you know there's expenses folks there's children that need services that there and I don't know I Veronica may I ask you how many jobs are you holding down well I, I'm doing um a housekeeper and um I'm doing training and also global trainer and I'm doing a lot of overtime sometimes I work like a 12 hours overtime. So that's like that's a second job then to be the overtime hours in other capacities at your same employee. Yeah, and right now I'm organizer with a union. Yes. So is that a, do you get a, a a small salary for the organizing or is this pro bono on the house? So she has currently stepped out of Disney momentarily to come and work at the union to okay. help us win this initiative. Okay. Okay. Well, I wanted, we were talking about compensation. Now, I, this is a, a moment I've been waiting for since I was given a very clear impression about the kinds of working conditions. I want to, for, for June and Veronica especially to talk about what's going on on the floors where you have, I don't know how many rooms you have to do in, uh, in how many hours. I don't think our guests appreciate how much, and then from the, the, the demands that have been put on you, the additional ones. And so I, how many rooms in how many hours do you have to blast through on your shift, Veronica? Well, at this moment, the housekeeper, they need to clean 13 rooms a day in the eight hours. In eight but hours. The, the thing is, uh, they doing a renovation in the hotel. So before we had a regular bathtub, and um, I was like a, just uh, a shower liner right there. The shower so right curtain. Now, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So they remove it and they they put a glass door. So now for this housekeeper, it's like a five walls actually. They need to clean. That's in addition to what you did already in each of those 13 rooms. Exactly, in each room. And also they put the rollaways and they put extra sofas inside plus, the, let's say, two queens or one king. So it's, it's extra work for the, for the housekeepers right there. So, Additional to that, they want to implement a, a new housekeeping card. Uh, for give you an idea, the housekeeping card we're working right now is like a two hundred pounds and something. That's two hundred. How many? Uh, like a two forty. Two hundred and forty pounds. No, in- but this is the regular we're working with. Uh, we're working right now. So the new one, the one the put uh, and the housekeeping card is more than four hundred pounds. 400-pound carts yes. you have so to haul between those 13 rooms, which may be, uh, uh, are they? do they tend to be on the same floor? I mean, I'm just trying, we're going to... No, fiz- uh, this is the thing. Sometimes you have a deco section, so they give you in 13 rooms in one section, but sometimes you have two floors, or actually after three floors, we have another section, because that hotel is the only hotel they have villas. Villas is like a timeshare, okay. so it's studios, it's like um, a big, big rooms. So they give you rooms plus villas, and um, it's two areas. You need to back and forth with, with that car, for example, or you need to uh, clean that kind of rooms in, in that time. And obviously it's a lot of work for them, and it's stressful, and it's hard. And with that conditions, we have a lot of injury people outside because of the, because of the renovation. Like, for instance, what would 
what are the injuries that your colleagues the are sustaining? The most common is the carpal tunnel because they use a lot of the wrists, obviously, when they clean in. And also they carry, they pull in, uh, they leave, and um, what is what else? That the knees is another uh, main issue because the carpet is, is brand new, so okay. it's very, very um, very stiff. Yes, very deep. So for for them, and also the the back, um, the hips for the people. Yeah, a lot of issues. I see, and, and it's sad when I see young people, very young people, and they have a surgery already in the two in the two wrists because of the carpal tunnel. It's really sad to see it, that kind of part. And and they have a kit, and they can carry, of, of course, because they need to recover for that sur- surgery. So those kinds of injuries from the workplace, there's a cascade of there is there are medical bills. There's, I mean, I don't know where a, a, a hotel worker gets to take time to get the rehab to bring back a full range of motion from an injured joint. And I mean, there's just more and more things that happen as it's sort of, you're sort of being run to the ground, literally. Yes, when I'm talking with that, that people when it's injury, it's very sad because obviously the, the impact in, the, in their lives is very, is very hard. Like I say, you you start for working, but you're going to, um, let's say, uh, work on facials. They don't give you too much for that. Well, and they also make it you, hard. Don't, you, don't, you don't recover at all. Yeah. And, and this is hard for them. When when they come back, they don't feel well, and, and then they come back to work. And I think we can we can see where um, a lot of people in the, in the service sector. I'm more aware of it than ever. I think where they're they're older and they're you can see from their gait and their posture they are not well. They are hurting, and it's it's increasingly the case. And uh, as the as the wages keep being suppressed, and there's more demands put on the workers. I That's why I jump into organizer because when I see all that kind of stuff, I say, wait a minute, something is wrong here. When I see the ladies, they are surgery for both shoulders. And when I was training, I remember when they, they told me, uh, you need to do the training for the new car, for the new housekeeping car. Okay. And as what's some training, ergonomics? As a trainer, I can drive that car by myself. And I feel bad. And I say, how am I supposed to show something and I can do that? And what's and, the answer? And uh, they they say if they implement this car, I I I I go I go away from here. I I live in this name because so, I I can I can it's something I I, I can do that. It's it's, it's very it's, I was very heavy. So here I want to roll back a little bit about you were talking about the change in the room and the the cart size change. So for everybody, just let's let's let this sink in. If you're not if you're Letting used to be able to let a shower curtain hang, but this kind of shower barrier they're talking about—you said five different sides. There, it's an unforgiving kind of surface to clean. You got to be—it's—I'm sure you get all this quality control. It must take an inordinate extra amount of time to get that—that that, you know, glitzy wall uh, around the shower perfectly clean for the next guest. I mean, that takes exactly. a lot more for time. For example, uh, first of all, um, that hotel is for diamonds. So the standards for that kind of hotel, they need to be so high. Right. Okay, this is the first thing. Okay, when they require to, to clean the rooms before, I, I want to talk in, with the old system, we spend and want to occupy like a 15, 20 minutes. And okay. when I, for a checkout, like a 30 minutes. Right now, you spend at least 40 to 45 minutes for cleaning one room. Okay. So imagine the impact for these people. It's a lot. They can sometimes they can finish the assignment because it's it's too much. It's too much, and they don't have control for how many guests get in in the, in the room. So sometimes right. you have ten people in each room. So ten people means turns in a lot of trash, a lot of linen, and obviously the bathroom super dirty. But and you asked what. So what's the solution? Right, I need to hear about some remedies here. That 400-pound card is The solution is that uh, the workers at the Disneyland hotels are organized. They have a union, and therefore we can fight these back. And so when we speak with one voice, when we come and, and, and explain our issue, when we resist, then we win. 
So that's the important part, that we are fighting off uh, all these difficulties right now um, as we're negotiating our contract, as we're moving forward. And, and I think the other important thing is that, you know, when you have a voice uh, uh, on the job, when you have a union, you're able to fight back all these injustices, right? Um, and, and it very much happens to the women in the housekeeping department throughout all the hotels. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to be cute at all. I'm just trying to wonder about, can has the union ever held a, um, a meeting with management right inside a hotel room? And the, the, you can clock how long it takes to take care of that additional burden of cleaning those, those shower walls and give every managing uh, negotiator an opportunity to shove that 400-pound cart. Well, that is uh, exactly, precisely what we are demanding that management does, that if they're able to do that themselves, they, if they do it themselves, they'll see that that's undoable. We have done an independent study ourselves where the room attendants have, um, have uh, been with, you know, people who are, who, who are doing the study, um, taking, you know, um, taking vitals, taking different, um, you know, things to be able to, to conclude that the work is undoable. Disney, we did our own study. Disney did their study, um, you know, to show they've been in the rooms with us. They've got to be able to see it. They have to feel it. They have to feel the pain that our, our room attendants feel. They have to pop pills every day in order to go to work. Um, this is uh, not, you know, n- not what needs to happen. And so um, we're we're going to we you can come back to uh, any of those aspects that are in the room that are changing. I want to make sure we give a a full consideration of there's other vulnerabilities that the workers are subjected to, and that is their security amidst the guests that are not thinking of the workers as human beings as a mother of children, as a, a wife to someone, a sister of someone. What's uh, Veronica, talk to us about what happens when a guest decides that uh, the hotel worker is their personal uh, entertainment. If, if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to respond to that. This um, is Ada. This is first. Ada. Okay. You know, we um, the the room attendants throughout every hotel have been very vulnerable for a long period of time. They work in isolation. They're the only ones in that hotel room. Um, the number of of men that expose themselves to room attendants is is you know out the roof. It's it's crazy, and uh, our union. You know, not only here in California, currently in Long Beach, but also in Rancho Palos Verdes, but throughout our nation. Uh, in Chicago, we passed legislation to make sure that there were there are panic buttons on room attendants to make sure that the minute that they feel that they're in danger, they're able to call for help. And so as we speak, in the city of Long Beach, we collected over, uh, over 40,000 signatures to put this, this issue on the ballot. So, you know, just, I don't know, 20 miles from Orange County, it is going to be on the November ballot. Exactly what's where, on the ballot. You, you know, where it is imperative for people to feel safe. Not to have, uh, not to be um, sexually harassed or abused or even raped on the job. And this is happening. And, and you said for a long time. I'm just thinking it's probably been forever. But it's this is 2018. Enough is enough. That's right. That's so, absolutely but right. When we talked a little bit about this in preparation for the interview. I mean, thinking, well, the panic button, there's already an offense. It's occurred. I mean, there's a, how, how can the union address a sort of a proactive uh, way of dealing with this kind of hazard that before somebody exposes themselves? I mean, what, what can, what, it's, it's a workplace culture, but it's guest culture. So it's, it's really a big matter to, to take up because it's, somebody exposing himself, is, it's, that's an offense. But, but let's, like, let's not even go there. For instance, well, and and also, you know, um, the guest is always right. So it's not only very difficult for women to come out and say, "This is what happened to me," right? Because you already know, 
you know, that many of us feel ashamed uh, or feel that we're, for some reason, in, uh, you know, that it was somehow our fault. And so dealing with that, preparing, uh, you know, our workers to understand that they need to stand up for themselves, that they need to bring this issue up, that we need to document it, that we need to hold the companies accountable, something that we've been doing for a long period of time. Now we're memorializing that not only, you know, by passing um, uh, ballot initiatives, but by putting it in contracts and by making sure that this issue is out in the forefront for everybody to understand and for management to give its workers their, their rights, um, especially when it comes to something so egregious. Well, and if, with the varying kinds of, um, you know, immigration issues, different kinds of categories of documentation that the grievance for a hotel worker, there there may be a minimum or a zero sort of a grievance opportunity for guests. And you've already said guests gets that it's their word against the the hotel worker. The guest has the the they get the all the hospitality, and you know the the their word is taken over the hotel workers. That's right. So is there um, is right. there an exemplary uh, management sort of approach? Uh, Veronica, that is, is anybody doing something so, uh, particularly uh, stand out in in terms of making guest culture? Uh, uh, you know, is there something we can do? I mean, we, we that are maybe on the floor and we are, I, I, I don't know what role anybody has in sort of honoring how hard you're working and how what kind of a workplace you're entitled to be in. Well, that's why, as an organizer, I follow the Me Too program, yes. and I go collect that kind of signatures in Long Beach, too, because um, I see um, this union, it's everywhere, and <laughs> helping every everyone and, and making sure that workers, we are okay. So the initiative uh, started in Long Beach, but you, you don't know in advance, we can bring it in Anaheim, too, and, uh, and our hotels, too. So that's why I jump in, and I help to to get any, the, this initiative too. So uh, the uh, preparation other was talking a little bit, Veronica, about so what what sort of tactical sorts of things you can do. You always you always have your guest room. the The door to the hotel room should is always open, but that sometimes gets closed. I mean, what 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 do we need to understand is happening between the guest and you? And I don't mean to traumatize you. I just I I, I want listeners to get the best possible sort of understanding of what goes on day after day, hour after hour? Well, uh, we need to care each another. Um, as, a, as a lead, uh, I always uh, go and see my coworkers working and making sure they are in that place. And we have also security and uh, we have phone in the, in the, um, obviously in the rooms. If they are in emergency, they need to call right away. And we always be around care of the co-workers, too. And obviously, I speak. They need to speak if something happened to them. Um, they need to speak and, and tell us what, what's going on. Veronica, who are they calling? Well, uh, I'm talking on Disney, and Disney, we have a good system and security. This is a good part for us. I know in, in another hotel, they don't have, like, that security. But we also, they, they are on the floors um, checking everything. It's okay. Okay. And and I think that um, we cannot underestimate the the power of organizing when it comes to highlighting these issues. The more that people are out there speaking about it, if we have every single event, uh, you know, that happens uh, um, uh, reported, then there are going to be, there is going to be continuously, you know, people thinking about solutions for this issue. Right? We need to train our sons and daughters on how to stand up and how to, you know, help each other. I think this is a community and this is a societal issue that we need to address as a whole. And, it, and you know, it, it harms us in every aspect, as you know, uh, of our community. And it's an ongoing training and issue uh, to, to take fear away um, from our communities. June, you haven't had a chance to say very much. I want to make sure that you do get to say for me, and, and I'm not a housekeeper, but I, I do believe a panic button is essential. Um, I have an 84-year-old mom, 
Yes. And um, I always think about, she lives by herself because she's stubborn. And then she tells me I'm stubborn and asks me where I got it from. Okay. I don't understand. But anyway. Right. Um, see, and I I always think of those life alerts, you know, like I fall on and I can't get up. And I think with the panic button, sure, there's a phone in the room. But if somebody can outmaneuver you and is super stronger than you, you're not going to get to that phone. You know what I mean? But if you have a button on you that you can push, that solves everything, you know, instantly. The um, other part of it is it's it's is um, with Disney, they're changing so many things. Even in our call center, they're making um, it like a hostile work environment for people to come in. I have cast members who come in, they feel sick every day to come to work because you've got constantly the management behind them going, you don't have time to breathe. You need to get on the phone. You need to get on the phone. You need to answer that call. And, and then they understaff them. Then they cut their hours then the manager says, well, you're not making the quota we want you to have. Well, you've taken away half of my staffing. How am I supposed to make the same quota? So it's it's um, the management team that I have now, our upper manager, he's, he's a quote-unquote numbers man. My theory is, is like with the carts, with the phone center, with everything, let them come down and do our jobs. Let them come down for not just one day. Let them come down for 40 hours. Let them come push that 400-pound cart for 40 hours. Let them come answer the, the astronomical amount of calls coming in every day. Let them come up even to the e-ticket lounge and run like we run. Every day I do at least five miles so in one e- room. The e-ticket lounge is for people that, are, that have some kind of VIP extra. It, that, it's that, that annual membership concierge. that gives them access to er- absolutely everything. And so there, a, there's an entitled concierge. patron that wants everything now or maybe wants it last year or something. Yeah, pretty much. It is a concierge level. And, and in one room, I do at least four miles a day wow. walking. Wow, you know, which doesn't seem like you're like wow, but that I'm I'm 60 years old, proud of being that old, but you know that's a lot, and and we have to meet the demands of our guests because as we've been as you've been hearing, the guest is right, we we are not correct, the guest is correct, and the same thing with the housekeeping and all of that. Imagine taking in your own home and picking up your mattress. All four corners, just one mattress, 13 times a day. Yeah. Okay? Imagine going to your bathroom and cleaning that same bathroom 13 times a day. Spotlessly. I mean, not like I I do it, but like somebody else spotless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I would love to see those on the negotiating table because I do sit across from them. I'm sorry. It would be amazing to see them come participate instead of just judging what we do. Well, I want to also, while we're talking about this, June and Veronica, is that the, we're talking, we combine the workplace hazards. Let's say there's a guest that is, like, going for the housekeeper. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that means your clock doesn't stop. The clock is still going, and you've got, still got to finish your 13 rooms that day. So it's a, it's a colossal overwhelmment that you have at the workplace. Correct. Oh, yeah, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. It's hard to take breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the people I know in my area yes. doesn't, doesn't take the breaks. They don't take any breaks. No. Well, they can't use the commode. They'll take their lunch break they can... because it's legally mandated. Oh, man. And they're uh, like hydrating, having a, a revitalizing uh, little, little snack, a meal, or uh, using... I mean, all the things that we would do to be able to to stay able to work. Yeah, while bending, stooping, you know, you you name it throughout the whole day, moving 100 miles an hour, like you said. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess let's break it down. There's, there's roles everybody has as we wind down the conversation. Is there, there are... We're all, we all have an opportunity to, to be guests at a hotel. There's the role we have as guests. 
There's the role we have as constituents in municipal government. There's the role we have in the media we're consuming and participating in, what messages we can put out there. So in a little bit approaching a more perfect world, Veronica I want to, and June, I want you to give us assignments for what we can do to broaden your message so we're all better campers. Um, I'll start this. Yes, I, I think it has to, we all need to become more understanding and, and basically try to walk in other shoes. Um, it's it's about kindness in this world. And, and obviously for, you know, men and or women, think of that other person as, as your mother or your father. And would you treat them like you would treat me or Veronica? You know, I, I just think that kindness has to go a long way. And, and be aware. Be aware and understand that, that people work for hardly anything at these some of these resorts. And you, you need to respect them as a person. How about you, Veronica? You, Veronica? Well, the next time you just check in in the room thinking... How how um, hard working the housekeeper to get the beautiful room to you. So be kind with these kind of people. Give the thanks. Give a good tip for them. What's a good tip? Insective for for take to to home. Sometimes it's a difference to bring something extra in the food, for example. Oh yeah. Oh. So where's it? And Veronica, where's the best place to leave a tip? I'm not sure. I'm I'm a seasoned enough traveler to know. Do we leave it in the room? We leave it at the desk, or or well, we give it to you directly? What's the, just walk us through that little manual? For for my area, I can tell you. In each room, they it's a housekeeping card, and sometimes it's the name of the person who clean. Or I was in charge to the to clean the room, so you can leave it right there and and over the the, the bed or right there. It's a, it's a perfect place for them, and they know it's, it's for the housekeepers. With a with a note, or we just that it's just yeah, leave it there. Yeah, that, that was okay. Did you leave a, a note? Some guests they they bring a a lot of things. Some some guests believe me or not, they leave chocolates with a bunch of chocolates and the nuts oh. and the tip and the, and the top. So when the housekeeper enters and follow this, you do you do the day for the housekeeper. You do, you see the difference for the housekeeper. That's wonderful. So it is. It is. So for for that housekeeper, they need they need to have a voice, and also that companies they need to treat the workers uh, with respect and um, give it the opportunity to, to um, give the opinion on how they feel and, and the world and the place, and also uh, support the unions. That's very important because we are the voice of these workers. We help the workers, but we we need more support. Never enough. Ada, do you have some uh, some assignments you can give listeners in a specific way to carry this message? Right. Just understand that your voice in your city in your city can uplift workers, can uplift your disenfranchised communities. You know that researching your candidates to make sure that they stand for bringing, you know, bringing uh, the disenfranchised communities to a better place is very important. Exercise your right to vote. Support ways to have people have a voice on the job and be union. I think Veronica said that, but we can't emphasize that enough, right? It is really important that workers, that is the only protection that they have, not only for wages, uh, not only for their working conditions, but even for their safety on the job. Um, and, you know, I, I think that we can't underestimate the impact uh, that voters have on that and that the consumers have on, um, on, the, on holding uh, companies responsible, right? and of supporting unions, and I think that's very crucial to have that. Well, ladies, this has been a remarkable time. As I've said earlier, I'm going to say it again. I've been waiting for several years because it's very difficult with with the, your schedule, like what June has and Veronica. I mean, they're giving up time to doing this interview now. It's not been easy, and Ada Briseño is everywhere all the time, all kinds of activating places, meetings, and rallies, and everywhere. So it's three of you gave me an hour. You gave my listeners an hour. I thank you so much for being on today's show. 
No, thank you for thank the opportunity. You. Thank, thank you so much. Thank have you for having me. Thank you. Hold on. Thank Don't you. hang up. Can I, with... can I have one oh, more, um, one last plea yes. to uh, your listeners? Take it. This is yours. So in November 2018, we have a living wage on the ballot. We're asking that if you know anybody, if you yourself live in the city of Anaheim or have any family members, please make sure that they go out to the ballot box. Um, we don't have a number yet for it or a letter uh, for the initiative, but please be on the lookout for this ballot initiative. There's going to be a lot of money opposing it. We have no doubt that we're going to win it, but we need everybody to exercise their voice and their vote. All right. Thank you, ladies. My guests this morning on Ask Leader are Ada Braseño, co-president of Unite Here Local 11, a hotel and resort workers union, and June Mecker, phone operator and VIP, guest concierge extraordinaire, and Veronica Chavez, a Disney hotel housekeeper and union organizer. I'm wishing you all the best in your health in your professional and your family lives. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us for this whole hour. It's been a real pleasure talking with Ada Braseño, June Mecker, and Veronica Chavez. So, not to mention uh, some other people that work really hard for us. This is National Farmers Market Week. Let's do many things on a lot of levels for all the preachy themes that I put here on Ask a Leader. And, oh, of course, let your farmers know about your appreciation. No matter the weather, they tend those rows to bring us the most remarkable produce. Well, that was my wrap. Next week, I'll have the brand new dean of UCI School of Humanities, Tyrus Miller. Then in the second segment, Craig Tyrrell. He's the artistic director of Wayward Artist Productions in beautiful downtown Santa Ana. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stop.